Blog Talk Radio. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be unto you all. Welcome to Elevated Places. Ramadan Mubarak. It is such a pleasure to be with all of you on this Thursday, the sixth day of May. Um, I don't even know where to begin. We have so much to talk about this evening. And, of course, uh, we want to uh, review and share with you and perhaps go deeper into, for those who were able to uh, watch the uh, program that Elevated Places Network sponsored uh, this past Tuesday, Project Separation, Building Our Promised Land. And uh, it was, I I won't go into it right now because we're going to discuss it in depth uh, shortly. Um, But certainly, if you look at the latest edition of the final call, if you look around you, you know that the time has absolutely arrived for our exodus, for our separation. And that process has begun with the development of, creation of, uh, changing communities that are taking place, changes that are taking place in existing communities, building brand new communities from the ground up. This is going on among black people all over America. And uh, we had Sister Adila and Brother Lamont on a few weeks ago, uh, the couple who moved to the beautiful East African country of Rwanda. So the exodus is taking place both within and beyond the continental United States. Why must we leave right now? Well, 
if you look at the Final Call newspaper, the cover, we charge genocide. Major report by human rights investigators. We didn't need a major report, beloved, but there has been one issue. Condemns American policing that kills, oppresses, terrorizes, and violates the human rights of black people. And this condition is one of the main motivating factors in our two sisters who were our special guests on Tuesday night that moved them to get a group of family members together, purchase 100 acres of land in South Georgia and build a community on it. And now they have purchased an additional 400 acres and are working on building a city ultimately. Uh, But I'm just happy to be here um, as we come to the final days of Ramadan. I am so pleased to be with my co-host, Brother Terrence Muhammad, our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, our legal contributor, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad, and all of you, and we've become a family here on Elevated Places. Uh, Those of you who join us, uh, so loyal and so insightful, each and every Thursday night at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Of course, our call-in number, uh, and I think, uh, well, my call-in number on my screen is actually covered up right now by something that (laughs) popped up, and I should know that number uh, from memory. Here it is, 563-999-3065, And, of course, those who log in do so at uh, Elevated Place, at uh, Blog Talk Radio, sorry, as as we've been saying, Ramadan Fog, (laughs) blogtalkradio.com forward slash Elevated Places each and every Thursday night. And so with that, I'm going to turn the microphone over to my marvelous co-host, Brother Terrence Muhammad, to get us moving into tonight's program. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Terrence. Um, oh, goodness. We're really oh, stopping wow. here. Mike was up there. <laughs> there, we go. there we go. Yes, sir. Ramadan Mubarak. <laughs> Ramadan Kareem, number 24, day 24. We are in the midst. We're in it. We're coming yes, we down are. to the stretch. We are seeking <laughs> refuge in Allah in these last 10 days, and we're striving and holding tight to the rope of Allah as we're getting our purification on. So it is a beautiful day. So we're blessed to be here. Um, The last show of Ramadan, not the last show, um, but this will be the last show in this holy month of Ramadan. So we are blessed to have been on the air doing these beautiful and blessed days of Ramadan with so much energy and so much zeal. So I'm just happy to be here. So we can move on because a lot is going to happen before 
um, next show, um, but we always want to remind everybody, and I have to say this, and, you know, it's, it's, it's funny when I say it all the time, don't forget to hear the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in the Criterion, his address, July 4th, 2020, July 4th, 2020. And I say that is because every day there's more and more that's coming out about this vaccination. There's more and more that's coming out about COVID-19. So you do not want to sleep on the divine instructions from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And, Dr. Ava, it's something that you said as we're going to talk about the show on Tuesday night, something that you said, it hit me. It really hit me because I was like, did Dr. Ava just say the time and what must be done from 2013? And I had to stop <laughs> and pause and realize that was eight years ago. And it doesn't Ooh, seem God. like it was eight years ago, and we are still nursing off the words of the Honorable Minister mm-hmm. Louis Farrakhan in his series, The Time and What Must Be Done. And if you have never heard of that, go to NOI.org. You can Google. You can YouTube. You have to hear the series, The Time and What Must Be Done, because all of what he talked about is right in front of us. So we want to make sure that you continue to hear the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So inshallah, inshallah, and we are praying that it's the will of Allah that on Tuesday, Dr. Ava, on Tuesday, we will be blessed to know and to see the blessed next 88th birthday of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And you may say 88. Yes, 88. Still strong, still moving, still teaching, still have love for us as a people as he worked tirelessly. He never stopped working for the liberation of the black man and woman. And also, you need to go to Minister's Music. That's minister with an S, music.com, ministersmusic.com. Go and hear the music of the minister and be prepared for a special treat this Tuesday, a special treat of him playing the violin this Tuesday. Go to ministersmusic.com. And also, if you haven't been following the prayer line, the Ramadan prayer line, go to ramadanprayerline.com because we know the minister always opens it up and what? Close it out. So we, inshallah, will hopefully be able to be blessed to hear his voice. If not, we're still going to be joining the Ramadan prayer line. We are just always thankful that he's in our midst. So moving on, tomorrow night, our study group on NOI.org at 730. We'll make sure that you are you're participating in this wonderful dialogue, self-improvement, the basis for community development, and Sunday, our powerful lecture, 10 a.m., go to NOI.org, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, and back on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., NOI.org at 7.30 p.m. And you can also join us for Juma Prayer. Go to NOI.org at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central time. So, and also this Saturday, we in the Nation of Islam, you can go to also to NOI.org to participate in our 
night of power. This night of power is going to be wonderful. So many blessings when we make prayer during the time of the night of power. So very quickly, Dr. Ava, just some notes of things that are going on across the country. Uh, as we know, the funeral of our brother Andrew Brown, Jr. in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, took place this Monday. Um, brother Al Sharpton and Bishop William Barber um, did the eulogy. But what is very interesting about this particular thing, Dr. Ava, it really kind of hurt me because I was there uh, at the funeral, and I was on stage with the people you know, behind the scenes. But just to see the family of Eric Garner, to see the family of Dante Wright, to see the family of George Floyd, to see the family of Andrew Brown speaking to the audience and to the world during this funeral, and I'm like, when is enough enough? And I remember when Mm -hmm. Michael Brown was killed, all of our national leaders were pushing for, we want body cams. We want body cams. And now I'm listening to this discussion. We got the body cam, but now we're demanding release the tape, the whole tape. So it's almost like we are shifting from one legislation of having body cams and the next legislation, we just want you to release the body cam. Years later, and I'm saying, can't you see that this enemy is our enemy and our people's pain has not stop. And I just want to also put out there, be mindful of those that are out here going around, and I want to be very clear, and I have to state this for the record, Dr. Avery, we know this, but if you all didn't know this, when the Nation of Islam show up in the black community after someone has been killed, know for a sure that we have always been in that community. We didn't just show up, Johnny come lately after the cameras. We was in the community, right. whether you wanted us there or not, we were always there. You can never say that you didn't see the nation. Those black folks coming, teaching something, or bringing that final called newspaper. And I say that because there's a lot of people now that are going around the country, you know, wanting to be seen at certain places, but not necessarily want to be seen in the streets with our people, really dealing with the hurt and the pain that our people are dealing with. And I bring this up because there's going to be a motorcade across the country for the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. People are pushing that. Our sister Barbara Arnwine is leading that up this weekend, tomorrow. And also the Amar Arbery Foundation is kicking off this weekend, tomorrow, I mean, on Saturday, um, with our, you know, Until Freedom and the Indigenous Movement. A lot of uh, stay woke, uh, woke vote are doing a big thing in Atlanta, Georgia, to kick off the Amar Arby uh, Foundation this weekend down, I think, in Lithonia, Georgia. Um, so that is a celebration going on this weekend. So that's just a lot going on. And, of course, go to finalcalldigital.com, finalcalldigital.com, to get the latest edition of this Power Pack edition of the Final Call newspaper. Read up on so, so much. And I will close the last two things. Of course, next Thursday we will talk about is the 36th anniversary of the MOVE bombing in Philadelphia. That will be the anniversary, 36th anniversary of that next Thursday. But we want to close out with y'all sleeping on all these new books. Y'all sleeping. Y'all playing games. Y'all don't want it. We're going to talk about it later. But go to ministerava.com, ministerava.com. See, they drop some stuff. 
Tuesday night. She's she just dropping it. It's just like these jewels are getting dropped on you, and y'all just passing them up. Y'all playing. Y'all need to stop playing and go on over to MinisterAva.com. Y'all got technology. Y'all know y'all can be uh, Googling stuff while y'all listening to the show. Just go ahead, order you two or three. Just order you two or three. And these are Ramadan gifts that you can give to your family and friends. Do this for your people. Because, you know, we say, folks, to feed the poor, you got to make up a day. Feed them some spiritual food and get some products from MinisterAva.com. Back to you, Dr. Ava. Well, thank you so much for that uh, marvelous uh, commentary. And uh, we're going <laughs> to... We're going to keep it moving because we do want to do a review of that historical program um, that we were blessed to have on uh, Tuesday night with um, two sisters who really gained national prominence when um, they and their family members purchased approximately 100 acres of earth in Toomsboro, Georgia, with 19, look at that number, 19 families, Ashley Scott and Renee Walters. These are young sisters with uh, who are married with children. And we're going to talk uh, momentarily about what motivated them. Um, it's really like walking through the self-improvement course in practical application in real life when you uh, hear about, and I'm sure you can uh, catch the replays of this program on uh, YouTube, but uh, we're going to get to that momentarily. As you know, one of the highlights of Elevated Places, Brother Terrence, weekly has become our legal uh, contributor, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad. Yes, who always brings us such uh, profound information, and so much of it is uh, useful, real-life knowledge and wisdom that the broad base of our community does, isn't even aware of. You know, That's this right. system, you know, it was built on white supremacy, and it's structured to exclude us. Um, we know that we're excluded economically and financially, but we may not be acutely aware of the fact that it's the exclusion from the knowledge of how to maneuver through this system that contributes greatly, almost as much as hardcore racism itself is us being kept in the dark about the internal wiring and workings of this system. And one of the great weapons against us is America's legal system. As the Honorable, Elijah, uh, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has taught us from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that the white man makes mischief by means of the law. And so it is a pleasure uh, to have with us again tonight and I asked her to share an update on the information she brought us last week, um, particularly pertaining to our little sister, uh, Micaiah Bryant, who at the age of 16 was gunned down in Columbus, Ohio, by police. 
Um, and so with that, I want to uh, bring on the line, and I guess it's on me. I need to open up the line, right, <laughs> for my dear sister, sister attorney, uh, Pamela Muhammad. And I want to I say this, coming soon, Elevated Places Network is going to host a legal uh, roundtable that will be hosted by our sister and some of the brilliant legal minds in the nation of Islam and in the broader black community to help us become more astute, uh, to arm us with knowledge and information and analysis from a legal perspective. And so we will be keeping you posted on when the maiden voyage of that program will take place on Elevated Places Network. And so with no further ado, let me bring forth my sister. Assalamu alaikum and Ramadan Mubarak, Sister Attorney. Yes, ma'am. Wa alaikum salam. Ramadan Kareem. Yes, ma'am. All praises are due to Allah. Thank you so much, Sister Ava and Brother Terrence. Uh, thank you all both uh, for your wonderful coverage so far. And, you know, I wanted to really, as you say, um, this system, it really, as the final call talks about how the American policies are violating our human rights, uh, the human rights of black people, the, the child welfare system is one of the most, I think, insidious and most impactful ways to make sure that our children are coming out of foster care and in many times, you know, ending up in prisons or homeless. And unfortunately, in our poor sister's case, Sister Micaiah Bryant, she was murdered. And it's, it's insidious yes. because the system operates as if they want to protect our youth. They want to protect them from their parents is what they're saying, but we know that an enemy who doesn't love black children and doesn't love or even respect black families, because remember, we were um, slaves, we were chattel. They think that our children belong to them and not to us. So there's a conflict of interest right at the beginning of this system. And we can see it in Sister Micaiah's case because an article that appeared in the Columbus Dispatch, it tells us that her grandmother was actually approved uh, to keep those children. The, the mother, yes, the, two, the two sisters, and the two brothers, uh, Micaiah Bryant, were placed with their paternal grandmother, Janine Hammonds. And more than anything, we know from this that Janine Hammonds the grandmother, she cared about these children. She wanted to provide a safe place for her grandchildren, her legacy. But all too often the system intervenes and actually strips parents and families of their youth. And this is what looks like it happened in Micaiah's case because this article tells us that um, – so the agency actually began a plan to reunite, reunite the children with the mother is what the article says. And when children are brought into uh, the child welfare system on some allegation of maybe abuse or neglect, there's an effort to, uh, to return the child back 
so they say. But oftentimes this particular, uh, what do you call it, legislation, which there are people who are calling this legislation under which uh, these child welfare policies operate, it's a racist legislation that shortchanges the ability to return the children home. This is why so many of our children are being put permanently in foster care because there's money attached to these children being in these systems and it's money attached to the children being terminated from their families. So in Micaiah's case, according to the article, it tells us that the grandmother, she kept the children from March 2018 until the summer of 2019, but she also lost her housing, and she therefore had some financial problems. And a lot of the legal pundits on this, they're saying, see, the system, you know, they recognize the racism that's in this system, and they're saying this system, it doesn't help the poor family members of the children to maintain the children with them, but you'll go off and pay unrelated foster parents lots of money and provide them lots of services. So we see here that Ms. Hammonds, she did not get those type of resources that she needed to keep her four grandchildren, to keep Micaiah. But instead, the system says, we're going to protect her from you and left her in a situation where she was murdered, just, you know, ruthlessly shot down because, again, the system doesn't care about protecting our children. And this article goes on to say, and I think it's so sad, because it just goes on to say that Mrs. Hammonds in December of 2019, she, had, she wrote a handwritten motion. She wrote a handwritten letter to the court trying to get her grandchildren back. She was asking for custody, saying that the children had done oh, well in her God. home and that the separation of the siblings in foster care has caused a great deal of emotional and mental stress. And, you know, Sister Abel, we run into this all the time because the only people that get quality legal representation in these cases oftentimes is the state who wants to terminate and separate the children from their families. So grandmother, she probably didn't get a court-appointed lawyer or some kind of public, you know, help. Uh, and the mom, Ms. Bryant, you know, who her help was not of the same quality or level we can bet as what the state got to try to separate these children from their parents. And, you know, ultimately they ended up killing her. And And, you know, these statistics are so that that there is racism in the child welfare system and it's a violation of it's, it's a human rights violation because as a dr dorothy roberts who's a professor she wrote a book called shattered bonds and one of the things she points out is that the child protection process is designed in a way that practically invites racial bias with vague definitions, unbridled discretion, and lack of training. You know, here we go again. See, these are police. These are child police. Right. These people are mm. not trained to, to really do this job 
They're number two, they have unbridled discretion. They can just show up at people's houses and just steal their children out of the house. There's no real due process rights like did you see it, is it probable cause. It's just, oh, possibly on that day do I want to take these children in. And, and I'm being somewhat, you know, not as clear with that, but a lot of times the discretion that's given to them, I, I've seen them just, you know, just, ripping children out of homes, and they don't even have a cause for it. And then there's no definition. So this is where we see then that black children comprise 13.4% of the population, uh, but 23% of all foster children are black. And by the time they are 18, more than half of all black children will be forced to endure the trauma of a child abuse investigation. And almost always these reports will will be false or a case of poverty confused with neglect because that's really what this is. This is poverty. I don't know if it's confusion or if it's, I believe, it's just intentional to kill these children before they become any kind of threat, before they can even grow up and, and help become part of society and and help, you know, themselves and their families. Because with this poverty piece, Sister Ava, the stats are saying that, um, a couple of stats, they were saying that families struggling to keep their children out of foster care are stymied by two major problems, homelessness and low public assistance. This is a New York City study. And another study in New York City said lack of supervision cases in New York it found that in 52% of the cases, the services needed most was babysitting. So this is what people are being accused of child abuse and, and their children are being ripped from their arms for this type of poverty and this type of need, human need. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting because in the uh, Million Man, in the Million Family March, the, the book that uh, was put out, the report, um, and, and that talked about the different solutions that the minister put out, uh, what, what that book is called, the, you know, the, the actual. The Black Agenda. The National Agenda. Yes, the National, National Agenda, National right. Agenda. Yes, yes. Thank you, Brother Terrence. So in there, they talk about caregivers, and it and it's talked about how children are losing their parents to drugs and other things. And grandparents often are of great personal sacrifice. They're raising their children. They're raising their grandchildren. But the key is, is how, you know, we, the system is circumventing that and not even legally representing the rights of grandparents in the court. So this is a problem in and of itself. So, again, with, you know, with Mariah's case, I think it's important that we look at what went on behind Mariah's case because just in, in closing, there's a law called the Adoption and Safe Families Act, and that was an act passed in 1997. And it's interesting because it's part of this whole um, welfare to work lies that were told about our people, you know, just this whole attack on black people and Newt Gingrich and President Reagan and different people who were trying to pass that false narrative about black women trying to get um, benefits. And so Newt Gingrich, 
he actually said that the children needed to be put in orphanages. And so what we're seeing now, I think, as the architecture of this system, you know, some some consultant told them, well, don't, you know, don't throw in the word adoption, and it looks like you're trying to help them. But really what's happening is that the children are being taken through this law, and they are being put in, quote, unquote, orphanages, where they're being, you know, forced to live uh, in, in, in not the best situations. Like they said, more children are coming into care than who, who are really getting adopted. They're not adopting these children. And so, you know, again, we could talk about how the foster care mother's home needed to be, um, it, it should have been actually supervised because, you know, and it should have been the licensing should have been proper as these articles are bringing out. But I think like our sister, and and I'm just going to close on this, um, you know, talking about the prior incidents that were actually called to that home where Micaiah was murdered. You know, they had actually called 911, her little sister had, and she said, we've got grown girls over here trying to fight us, trying to stab us. And so, again, we see that we cannot, definitely can't depend on this, on this particular system, and as Micaiah's uh, lawyer said she is calling on she's calling for a federal investigation of the entire system because Miss um, Martin she is demanding on the family's behalf for an investigation by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services into the foster care system. But we we need to look at this to see this is just a microcosm of a macrocosm of how they are taking our children, denying them from their families, stalling and failing to help the parents get the children back, while at the same time putting these children with white uh, foster care people who are, you know, making plans to adopt them. And that means that the parents are not going to be successful. You know, the parents are being thwarted. And this is an intentional, and, and it's actually a documented uh, scheme, Sister Dr. Ava. And so because so many of these children are black, you know, we really do have to look at this and, and raise our voices for our future. So, again, thank you so much uh, for, for the time. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, Sister Attorney. And, of course, you know, you're part of our panel and uh, we look forward to having you weigh in at will uh, throughout the evening um, as we go through this uh, discussion of what we learned and what took place on Tuesday night because we, we transitioned in the separation movement from conveying to our people um, the same message that the Nation of Islam has been giving for 90 years. Um, the message that um, dates back in this 6,000-year cycle of history to the book of Genesis in the Bible where God told Abraham this would occur, where he promised Abraham who he recognized as a friend because Abraham was prepared to sacrifice his life on the principle of one God. 
and fighting the polytheists, the idol worshipers. And so as a gift to him, Allah, God, uh, who was known as Jehovah in the Old Testament, made Abraham, as the Holy Quran uh, expresses it, he made him of those having certainty. And can you imagine that type of gift, the gift of those having certainty? In other words, you don't have faith that something's going to happen. You know with a certainty, a mathematical certainty, it is going right. to happen. What kind of confidence does Come that on. give us in life? Imagine the unknown becoming the known in your life. That was the gift that Allah gave his servant. And he shared with him of what would happen to us thousands of years later. And he gave the amount of time. He told Abraham, your seed, a black man, no push, will make a sojourn, all right, <laughs> into a strange land that is not their own and serve under a strange people for 400 years. And after that time, who did he say he was sending? Nobody. Nobody. He said, I will come. I. I will. I'm coming myself. And I'm going to do two things. I will judge that nation. And secondly, I will deliver your seed with, not broke down and empty handed, but with great substance. Woo! Come on. We're, we're here. As my husband says all the time, call everybody and tell them we made it. <laughs> okay. That's right. Yes, ma'am. But, but in their anger and rage, our the, the, the descendants of our captors are doing everything inhumanly possible to take us out and to turn right. us out so that even if we're alive, we will behave with such savagery and ignorance that we would be unacceptable to our beloved God. And we're here to say that ain't going to happen, okay? We have won this, and we're keeping our eye on the prize. And so on Tuesday night, uh, Elevated Places uh, was blessed to uh, host our first of a series of special presentations, and that was entitled, um, again, Project Separation, Building Our, not the promised land, but Brother Cartier named it Our Promised Land. And so That's we right. rolled with that title because it's a perfect description, right? And our sisters, uh, Renee and Ashley, uh, who led this, and I just want to say in opening the discussion, uh, because the program was moderated uh, by our young brother, who is a police officer and who is uh, 
gaining widespread recognition in our faith community and beyond because he is, at the age of 27, he's got, well, he has a wife, first of all, and four sons, and he is a police officer who we would say is a peace officer because he is an example of what happens when order is kept by an FOI. Order is kept by one of our own. And so he moderated uh, the program, and he will be joining us this evening for a recap. And then also another young brother who is gaining widespread recognition in both he and Brother Cartier uh, participated in the separation plenary session during this past uh, highly successful, awesome, virtual, our first virtual Savior's Day. Uh, though we, it was forced upon us, but it turned out to be a beautiful experience uh, for the yes, family. Yes, it was. Wasn't it awesome, Brother Terrence? And so um, our brother, Michael J.H. Muhammad, and Brother Michael is uh, third. I can't say it enough. I'm going to say it every time he comes on, as well as his beautiful and brilliant sister, Anissa, and that whole entire family. You know, he's third generation nation of Islam Muslim. (laughs) Nation of Islam Muslim Under the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad And so he's going to be joining This discussion tonight Uh, Brother Michael J.H. Muhammad Uh, Let me say uh, Welcome Brother Michael You did a wonderful job uh, As you always do uh, Serving on our panel Uh On uh, this past Tuesday Uh, So we're going to ask you too To be part of sharing it Yes, sir, forever and ever. And, you know, um, I think one of the things, if I could just start out with what what stayed with me about uh, Sister Renee and Sister Ashley um, in their journey to uh, initially acquire 100 acres and the, their family, close family members, 19 families building homes on that land, and now uh, owning 502, 502 acres, and now beginning to build uh, what will ultimately evolve into an entire city. But what I loved was the motivation behind all of it. You know, we're taught in the course Self-Improvement the basis for community development, that desire feeds the will. And the will is your power. That's the power with which Allah created the heavens and the earth, the power with which he created himself, was his will. Conscious and deliberate action. That's what the will is, conscious and deliberate action. And so that is the power behind the throne of God, and it's the power in each and every one of us. Our ability to take an idea 
and make it a reality. And the minister said that's the ultimate high. Not drugs, not crack, not weed, not alcohol, not a roller coaster ride, but the greatest high is when you or I can form an idea in our brain and bring that idea into reality. And so this is what Project Separation has pivoted to. We're bringing in front of you. We did it Savior's Day. We did it Tuesday, and we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep not talking about the ideology, the theology, but we're showing you regular brothers and sisters like us. We're not hedge fund managers with a hundred million dollars or a billion dollars that we earned on a laptop playing the numbers game on Wall Street, gambling on Wall Street. We're everyday people. But these two black women, and I think Brother Terrence talked about Ahmaud Aubrey uh, earlier in, in the introduction. It was his lynching, because, yes, he was lynched. That's in right. Brunswick, Georgia. It was his lynching and then the murder of George Floyd and all of the things going on, really going back to Trayvon Martin. All of the unrest among our people that existed as a result of us being subjected to the terrorizing and torture murders of our people, young, old, male, female, and babies, one after the other. No accountability, let alone justice. Half of these cases, we couldn't even get the people, the killers, fired from their job. That's right. You hear me? Yeah. Couldn't get them fired from a job. Period. He went back to work. Come they on. got uh, opened up. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, funding when you pay leave. Uh, what's it called? I'm not sure. I, I know, know it well. Pay, leave. Mm-hmm. pay me and and you know the cash funding. You know oh, where yeah, someone yeah, yeah. can. I don't oh, know they why can go the fund name. you. They get money. Yeah, in go their defense. Oh, GoFundMe. GoFundMe. Yeah. Yeah, they, okay. yeah this, this, this is Ramadan fog to the max. We're all like, oh. <laughs> 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 but, but uh, yes, these cops, they, they'll open up a GoFundMe page. They, they actually mm-hmm. benefit financially. Oh, from murdering our people. They get, they get uh, the far white right wing, they are congratulating them. You should have killed that nigga. Thank you for doing it. That's right. I mean, this, this is what we've been having to live with. And so these two sisters, they said, listen, we're married to black men. Sister Renee said, my husband is a black man. Come on. My son is a black man. 
a boy, yeah. a child, black child. Come on. And I remember you said recently, Brother Terrence, on Facebook, you didn't know where your son was for a couple of hours. That's right. And in this environment, it sends you off the deep end. When my husband goes out, because he, when he comes home from work, he doesn't, we don't go out. Even pre-COVID, we didn't go out in the streets and just go out. Yes, ma'am. Most of the time, if we went out to dinner, it was because Minister Farrakhan is hosting a dinner at the National House or a few believers or if we're in another city on a speaking engagement and we go to a restaurant with the believers or go to a home of one of the believers. But we're not people that hang out. And so when one of us doesn't follow the rhythm of what we, we've grown to expect, we're on the phone. Uh-huh. Where, where are you? You okay? You're, what's going on? And I yes, know ma'am. my husband. You know, and I know if somebody, if, if he gets in a confrontation with some Ooh. police, I know it's going to be it's on old. and popping. He just doesn't That's have right. it in him. To just say, okay, let me go home and let me put it, yes, sir, it's, it's not, it's not happening, okay? No, no. And so <laughs> I am sick and tired of living like that. And I got daughters, and I'm still nervous for them because Brianna Taylor was a young sister in her bed at home. So this isn't about running the street. I, I feel bad. I can't remember his name. The young brother, the 26-year-old accountant in Dallas where the white female police officer who some neighbors said uh, was really uh, enamored with him. Right. And just broke into his house and shot him to death. So we don't have a safe haven. It's not about when you step outside your door because you don't have to get up out your bed. They'll come into your house and shoot you to death in your bed. And this is what drove these sisters to say, listen, we're going to get, we're going to get a piece of earth and build homes and, and look out for each other. And that is, and see, for those of you who say, well, the nation should be doing it, or we talk about na- They are the nation. Go the ahead. Go nation ahead. Go of ahead. Islam is 40 to 60 million black people in America who are the descendants of slaves. That's right. And Minister Farrakhan is the leader of all of us. Come on. We have two categories. Registered and unregistered. Period. Period. That's it. And so the 90 years of teaching, starting with the coming of Master Farid Muhammad, God in person, through his risen Christ, his exalted Christ, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, through their messenger Messiah, Minister Louis Farrakhan, This has been the cry in the land. And we have had black leaders, male and female, who have sacrificed themselves throughout all this time. You've had your precursors 
When 1914 ended the Caucasians' rule, you had your precursors to the coming of God, such as the Honorable Marcus Garvey, such as Noble Drew Ali. That's right. To make the way. So our minds have been worked on for generations now. And it is in the DNA of our young people to be free, justified, and equal. And they're not accepting anything less. That's right. And so now we're on the move. And and there are clusters of these communities cropping up. And you have brothers and sisters that are registered in the nation, brothers and sisters that are not registered in the nation, just like all white people, they're not in the U.S. military. All, all of them, most of them aren't. Most white people in this country could not pass a sixth-grade test on the U.S. Constitution. They can't name the nine justices on the Supreme Court. But they're going to tell you, I'm an American. And they will stand up for their country. And so now we are coming together. We will be together under the sun, moon, and stars. So it is written, so it is being done. And all praise is due to Allah. So let me get off my soapbox. <laughs> that, that was that was just that, that was the first um that was the first day of the revival. <laughs> she started our revival off this week. Right, so she just kicked off the one, revival. Right. But but you said right. so much, Doctor Ava, you and you said so much and the, the beauty of what you just said is that sister said, I got black cousins and black children and they I did the it. natural thing is I'm getting the hell away from this. I'm not going to legislate right. love. I'm not going to legislate how to be a part of you. I'm not going to legislate how to be a part of this corrupt stuff. I'm literally going to leave Exodus on my own land. So you say they are part Come of the on. nation. That is nation thinking. That's a nation mindset, and that's a natural thinking. And the beauty of the discussion, which we're getting ready to get into, is no one made any excuses about what the things and the challenges they went through are going through, but they made up their mind to overcome all obstacles in their path. And they worked together as a collective unit, as the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us, pool our resources together. So when you laid it out, you are all part of the nation, whether you like it or not, because it was already told, no for a surety, not a, a maybe, a surety, surety that I will come and come get you all and give you all that <laughs> mindset that you all go ahead and have this wonderful discussion because she done said it all for us, so I know you all ready. I know I know Brother Cartier and Brother Michael are ready to drop some more for for the audience. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, praise is due to Allah. So, yeah, we definitely uh, want uh, to hear from Brother Michael. And uh, then when he joins us, Brother uh, Cartier. And so, uh, Brother Michael, what, what was your 
I would say, I guess, favorite or number one or most significant uh, takeaway from Tuesday night as we moved out on building our promised land. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Well, Sister Minister Ava, the, 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 you know, the thing that really, like, touched me was the, the, the beauty of why they even did what they did and the beauty of what they, of, of what was in the reason for what they did. You know, they, Sister Ashley and Sister mm-hmm. Renee mm-hmm. didn't do this for themselves. They didn't go out and say, you know, we can, we can find some land and, and uh, you know, maybe get a couple of our family members and, and, and just do this for ourselves and keep this for ourselves. They went into this with the mindset of we're going to do this for the whole and we're going to continue to do this for the whole. And now we got a community. You know what? Let's take this further. Let's now go ahead and get us and make our own little little city. And I said, wow, just look at how, like yeah, you said, Minister yeah. Eva, there is the registered and then there's the unregistered. But all of us are part of the same nation of peace that's being guided in this time by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And I said, wow, just look at the connection between between the family and how it all fits within the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. <laughs> so that really touched me and that was that was so deep to me to know that the minister's teaching is all over the world and yes. uh, whether some know it or not, it's everywhere. The light of him is all over the place. So yes, ma'am. I, I love that 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 day Tuesday. That was I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> And and yes. did you hear how much uh, Sister Ashley talked about a law and you yes. know really she her 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 philosophy is is nation oh. of Islam. Oh, you know she okay. talked about wanting. You know why are we using our resources for the enemy? Why are we doing that? Oh. You know, yes. so you know, to your point, that's that's what matters. Yes, that that's what matters. Yes, yes ma'am, it was and just so are, beautiful so, to see, see. And and see, you've always, since I first heard you, you've talked about how, uh, and and you bear witness in what you and Sister Nico and your family do, and you've experienced it. And if the rest of us think. You know, think about the fact that if you think back over anything that you had reservations about, mm. but then you decided to go ahead and maybe see how it went. And if it was successful, it moved you to go further. Yes. And and yes. that's what the separation process is. We We have to help our people come out of this fear because the word separation, it suggests, uh, in the way it's used in, in, in conversation, it suggests this sharp, instant break. And right. they are so wrapped up in white America, you know, after 400 years, that even with all we're suffering, 
like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we're, we're so immersed in white people in their world, we actually think they're advanced. Mm, 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 when true. in truth, they're backwards. They're backwards. And, and so wow. in our naivete, we think that if we leave them, we're not going to enjoy. Now, think about this. We're not going to have the essentials or the amenities of life, mm. and we don't even know what amenities are living under them. Wow. Wow. What it would really be to live in he- a heavenly existence. We're not, we don't, we're not experiencing that. Mm. And even them at the very top of their society, it's not all that. It, it just right. looks like it. I remember my friend, Brother Minister Rodney Muhammad, who's over the Delaware Valley, he has a lecture where he quotes the song from Miles Davis, Compared to What? You know, a lot of black people think, oh, we're living good. And he said, compared to what? Yeah, we're living good compared to being in a slave ship. See, what, what is your standard That's right. yes, for success and happiness? Mm. Wow. And our standard is anything that's not being held in a cage. Wow. So Master Frauded Muhammad had to come and break that mentality up. Yeah. Sit yourself in heaven at once. And that's what they mm. did. That's what they now, did. You know, we're not, I'm not going to be, you know, she said in her mind, I'm not, I'm not going to have my son a grown man and we're still doing this. Mm, mm, mm. And that's what we're going to learn how to fly someday. <laughs> Precisely. That's right. So listen, we've got uh, Brother Cartier. He is with us. He moderated Tuesday night. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Cartier. Ramadan Mubarak. Wa alaikum salam. Ramadan Kareem. It is a pleasure to have you on again. And we're yes, just ma'am. sharing with each other. We're going to go to the phones and let our guests weigh in and comment. Uh, even if, And I'm not saying you had to have watched it. Uh, this isn't a, a, a vaccine passport show. But just share with us your thoughts as a call, uh, to the callers uh, what you think of this. And you, you can still, I think, go to YouTube and find this, I'm going to double check behind the scenes how how to look at the replay. But in the meantime, Brother Cartier, as moderator, uh, can you share with us your takeaway from Tuesday night? Uh, yes, ma'am, absolutely. I So for me, um, it really crystallized in my mind uh, after hearing after hearing their mindset, what the process for separation really is going to is going to look like, and it's going to take us as a uh, as a people to come to that accord where we begin to uh, build and do 
sister actually said something very um, uh, right and exact in regards to strategy and having strategy as we build because we're witnessing, she didn't use this exact language, but this is what we're witnessing, the fall of another country. We're witnessing the fall of America. But I love Mm. the fact that they, in witnessing that, didn't say, oh, my God, America's falling, you know, some white man bail bail us out, (laughs) or I hope that they can (laughs) save it, or even we're going to use our mental and political and economic power to try to save that. No. Her her mindset, as should be by now, all of our mindset, is that we're going to build something for ourselves, similar to the analogy or allegory in the Bible of the bees that built, that was making honey in the carcass of a dead lion. We are, we're at that time now where we have to start working collectively as uh, busy bees to catch or really to, to catch ourselves in this fall so that when America is, is, is gone or as she begins to crumble, there'll be something in that place uh, to replace that with. And, and I think that the um, – the preliminary stages of that starts with what's being done right now. So, you know, my mind for for just having vision, I see it and we see it, you know, 96 acres, 500 acres. Well, first off, just what they did with that, the preliminary stages of that, from going from 96 yeah. acres to just, hey, we, we, we're going to get a place where we ourselves, can experience some safety, a safe haven for ourselves and our family to receiving. And I don't, I don't know if they touched on this uh, in, in the call, but uh, when I spoke to Renee, the catalyst to them getting the additional 500 acres, or rather 407 acres, I believe, was due to the overwhelming support that they got from their own people once they moved out on that. And a lot of times we, you know, we when we take on endeavors or when we when we look at adventures or we have ideas or thoughts that we want to move out on, we we we're restricted by fear of the worst possible scenario of it not working out, so we don't move. But Allah blessed them in taking mm-hmm. that step. To you had she told me she had black land clearing companies calling them like, hey. I just want to clear the land for you all. You don't have to charge me for anything. I mean, I won't charge you for anything. You don't have to pay me anything. Yeah. I just want to be a part of what you all are doing. They had uh, surveyors coming out. They had, and listen to this, they had people calling in, uh, and this spoke to a lot to me, that wanted to uh, purchase plots of land for residential, which is uh, a very real issue in our communities, having a, 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 a place where we can feel safe and, and, and buy and purchase beautiful homes and still live amongst each other and feel safe. That's a real issue that really we haven't answered uh, for a very long time that we've been strategically blocked out of. And she was telling uh, the, the callers, like, hey, you know, I mean, the residential is just for us, for us and our 19 families, but you're more than welcome to uh, come in, and if you have a business, you, we're going to open up recreational and commercial to the broader community. 
but she had got so so many calls for residential that that was the catalyst to them saying, "Hey, let's get some more land and let's offer um, let's offer mm-hmm. residential living for because that's what the predominant demand was from our community. People just wanted to yeah. live there. So as we as we move out on this, and, and when I say this, I mean this process of separation, which is not just limited to buying and developing land. It's not just limited to a city. It's not limited to a state. But we are we are a nation. And Allah, when he came, intended for us to have some of this earth that we will be recognized on the map as a sovereign and independent people. But in order to start that process, you know, we have to, number one, accept his solution for us, which is that, and then we have to start preparing ourselves to qualify ourselves to be that, to, to be that independent nation by building and governing ourselves, which we can do because Sister actually said it so beautifully on the call yesterday, we've been the, 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 the mind behind this nation, keeping this nation afloat. We've, we've been the physical, mental, economic, spiritual, cultural force that has kept the United States not only alive but in the foremost uh, of all the nations of the world. It's been our talent. That's but right. now Allah wants to use our talent for his purpose to do that for an entire new kingdom that will be better. That Ooh, will be better. Come on, man. <laughs> so I, I, man, I think I, I was excited yesterday. I was trying to do my best to contain it, but I was excited yesterday because I really want us, we, we have a difficulty some of us have a difficulty of knowing where we start this process at or, or even where we fit in in this process, you right. know, in regards to separation. And we think it to be some, um, you know, uh, we think it to be some spook, spooky type, man, the mother wheel is going to come out of the sky and pick us all up. And that's not, you know, that's not how this is going to go. We, we, we have that's to, right. you know, I was, I was, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm just I'm going on and on, but I was excited no, yesterday. It was hard to, <laughs> hard for me to contain myself. I listened to um Belief in Allah uh the, earlier today. Alexa the minister did a while ago, I think back in the nineties. Yeah. Um Yes she did. Uh but he talked about vision, man. He talked about vision and the importance yeah. of having vision and the importance of having your own vision, or better, having a lot vision, and working, not just having the idea, sitting on the idea, but it's belief coupled with works that concretizes or that, that, that actualizes what you can see. And Allah has come and has given us a vision for ourselves as a nation of people of what we should be working towards, that he will assist us in working towards. So we are in harmony with his mm-hmm. his sight, his vision. He can't help but be successful in this day. We just can't help but be successful. So I, I, exactly. I, I mean, I already know. Yes, ma'am. And, and to your point, term. see, these sisters, you know, they – if you if you want to uh, love your black husband or love your black wife or your black children and you want them to be safe, 
Your desire is now aligned with Allah's desire. That's what he wants. He wants us to be safe. And he wants us, because he wants us out of the way, among other things. He is targeted. Remember, I will judge that nation, which they shall serve. And you just mentioned the mother plane. You know, they the the white folks asked the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, this plane, when will this plane you keep talking about go into action? His response was, when you make a move on us. So somebody yeah. had recently raised with me, well, they they have made a move on us and it hasn't happened. And it made me stop and think. And I said, but you know what? It just struck me. We haven't been an us. See, they have, when, when he says, when you move on us, the us is when we go into a separate state or territory. Go ahead, go ahead, come on. nation. Because remember, he said to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, through you I will get all my people, not all of the people, all of my people. And my means the people who follow him who obey him and so when we come together no they have not made a move on us as a nation and that's why we have to do this also we're allowing them to pluck us off Mm. one at a time and in clusters Mm. we're letting them get to us by persisting in being among them. Allah said, let's right. separate. You know, I want right. my flock over here and the goat, the sheep over here, the goats over there. That's right. He wants we, a clear uh, target. That's right. Can I just say to that point? And, and they tell the hostage, what do they tell the hostage? Move, move. You have to participate in your liberation. At least oh, yeah. pull That's away right. so I can get a shot at him. That's Come right. on. That's it. Which is, which is why he works yeah, so don't, hard don't to keep him. you don't, with him. Come, don't cover him. Just get, let me get a, you know, at least duck your head. Let me let me get a hit. Move. So... <laughs> We we have been guilty of not helping in our own liberation, our own freedom. That's right. That's right. And how can we be gods if we don't exert force and power? And if we won't do it to get to our promised land, then we'll be the same Negroes in the promised land that we were over here before we had knowledge of self. That's right. That's right. I uh, sit to that point, Sister Ava, that that I was reading the other day, uh, me, me and my children, we watched it's a, it's a movie about the Ten Commandments, Joseph, it's called Joseph, like a little cartoon on Netflix, 
we watched it, but yes, after yes. watching it, it made me go back and read it, and it just it hit me that that exactly what you were saying is written in the in the scripture that as Moses taught not only the children of Israel but as he warned Pharaoh, the more he warned as in the Quran, the more he warned them, and the more he taught, the more Pharaoh came down harder on the children. But it wasn't until the children of Israel accepted Allah's solution for them and decided that they were going to leave, and then when Pharaoh went after them then, after they were obedient, the will came down, or rather the floods came down, and it drowned them. But it was predicated on them believing and accepting Moses and his solution. And then once they had accepted that and then moved out on that, Allah didn't allow it. He went into action. But as long as we stood back and said, <laughs> man, Moses, would you be quiet? Man, you, you making Pharaoh yeah. come down? We was not, We already making bricks. Now we got to make them out of straw because you won't keep your mm-hmm. mouth shut. But it wasn't until we said, you know what, okay, Moses, we, we accept. We'll go with you. And then once we went out with Moses and acted in obedience to Allah's message, when Pharaoh said, you know what, I'm going to kill him. I'm coming after him. Man, the flood came down. And took him out. So it's the same thing today, man. As we move out on this project, the enemy's coming. But as you said, Mm -hmm. to us, man, to us, when when they make their move on us after we've been obedient to Allah, man, he's over with. And he knows that. He knows it. It'd be a moment of insanity. If he tries to do it, it'd be in a moment of insanity. He don't want that kind of smoke. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Say it again. He don't want that smoke. Pardon the expression. He don't want that kind of I just wanted to weigh in here um, as well. Everything, the, these young people, they are just brilliant. I love it. And, and, you know, and one of the things I saw with the sisters I thought was so beautiful is how they came up. They made such good judgment. You know, it was such a logical mm. reasoning the solution that they came at, it was like a natural solution. And I know, you know, us not being able to think, that was one of the things the former slave masters really tried to take from black people is the ability to think as to what's in your best Mm. interest. So just in going back to this, you know, how they're killing our children, how they're removing our children, well, that governor of Ohio, he was one of the people, DeWine, he's, he's one of the people that was, a part of this racist policy to remove children and terminate parental rights. And then you have Clinton now coming in as this new administration, and she's offering solutions to help the children. She's going to help the the mothers who have to work. They want to offer solutions on that. So, you know, we've got to look at good judgment, like, no, these solutions are not going to work for us. These are the solutions that are killing us. So we do have to use better judgment, and that's what I loved with those sisters. They were like, well, you know, we looked at this, and we said let's do the best thing for our own future, and this is what we had to do. So I I love seeing that. Yeah, that's an excellent, excellent observation. So we're going to uh, go to the phones uh, to our callers, and we have uh, Brother – we're going to start with Brother – Kareem, uh, oh, wait a minute, I, I had a note from, I'm sorry, I'm, we're going to go to him next, but there was a, a person that specifically 
Brother Rockman wanted to comment on Tuesday night specifically. Um, Assalamu alaikum, Ramadan Mubarak. Uh, Ramadan Kareem, like Salam. Yes, sir. How are you? Yes, sir. Oh, I'm good. Um, yes, um, in studying uh, with uh, Project Separation and reading your, your book on separation, and uh, after listening to a um, lecture by Brother Abdul Malik Saeed Muhammad, when he said that the nation of Islam would come under attack, that would leave only four or five mosques open, uh, I took that to Allah. And the idea that came to mind, and I hope that it, if it's correct, then it's from Allah. If it's incorrect, then it's from my own imagination. But for project separation, um, 10,000 believing families should migrate into Arkansas, and 10,000 believing families should migrate into Georgia. Um, Mm. If we did that, we would obey two things that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, told us, which I learned from you, Dr. Sustava Muhammad, was to secure Arkansas and to secure a state with an outlet to the sea. Mm. Now, project separation is us going into these two areas and separating our people from Satan as a model yeah. of what life will be like once we get once we back these devils up off of us. Um, yeah. And um, what we would do is we would form a political organization. Um, I have a name and a community association. We would take over politically, and we would kind of take it back to how it originally started, meeting in our homes, strategizing, organizing on a local level. Now, we would go into the same general area wherein um, now uh, uh, Georgia is a little bit simpler to understand. So it seems like most black people are south of Atlanta. You have Atlanta, then you see, like, a lot of white folks in north Atlanta. Well, between South Atlanta and where Muhammad's farm is, in that pocket, in that area right there, um, we would move into that area and we would not be um, further than three hours. In other words, from from the the largest time from one believer to get to another would be about three hours' time. We would move into this area. We would take over politically. We would form community, a community association, we would set up now. If we set up five business districts with ten thousand believing families, that's at least two thousand uh, patrons to to support those five business districts at minimum. And we would um, take this and create an economy whereby the community would get money. We would put money back into the treasury of the nation of Islam. We would get into business incubation, wherein we would start creating and funding businesses of our own, we would turn up for our youth, um, set up science clubs, math clubs, you know, intramural basketball, do all the the things, the recreational things that the youth need in order to be balanced so that when it comes to education, they, 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 they have, you know, they have lots and lots of, 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 of mental energy for education because we provide it for them. Now I've worked in various, uh, educational uh, settings, and white folks spare no expense. 
They got lacrosse, lacrosse field, soccer field, band camp, all these different things because they know that they have to keep their youth occupied. And with us, they turned our youth out into the street. They put in the guns. They put in the drugs to create this this death environment. Um, so uh, that's that's uh, just a little bit of what I wanted to say. Now, the, another idea, um, because this will require. Now, I found it interesting that Allah, Satan wanted to shut down our mosque. Well, Allah shut down the mosque first. You know, just to let us know, like, hey, it's not the end of the world. The mosque is just the the, the model. <laughs> you know. Um, but we are, in fact, a, 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 a nation, a theocratic nation. Now, let's just say all the believers from the north, the east coast, and the west coast migrate into Arkansas and migrate into Georgia. The believers that are moving out individually, moving down south, they're, they're, they can, you know, they're, they're learning for us. They're learning about, you know, the land, and then they can in turn help us, right? Well, we set up what is called rotating FOI houses. And let's just say all the believers um, vacate Washington State. So there's no believers in Washington State registered in the nation. We will have FOI houses. We'll pick a city, say Seattle. We'll own four houses. We'll have four houses where a team of 20 FOI will go into that city, stay in that city for, like, do a tour of, like, four months, Right. They hit that city hard. One house would be the chief house where it would be like the mosque and receive the final calls. Those FOI would hit that city for four months, and then they can, and then after four months, they can either ro- rotate back to the base in Georgia, rotate back to the base in Arkansas, or they could go on to the next city. So we would have like ro- these rotating FOI houses all over the country, and the message would be come into Georgia with us. Come into Arkansas with us. We're building. And what we would do is, is that from Arkansas, we would move eastward. And from Georgia, we would move westward. And if we did that, we would actually form a border. So once we get Georgia straightened out, once we get Arkansas straightened out, we don't have to control the whole state. We just have to control the area where we're at. And then we move out our control from the center on out, and if we have ten thousand FOI in that area, then we we will be able to challenge the police activity. We would be and we would challenge it also from a political standpoint. So that's what I wanted to say. Well, thank you, Barack. That was a lot. You had to get it out. <laughs> we thank you for that. That was wonderful brother, ideas. What's, what's, what's brother's name? Brother, oh, my name Rock is Brother Rockman. And, and Brother if, Rockman. if you don't mind, Brother Rockman, I, I wrote your number down because you, we really want you to be part of our project separation team. Um, awesome. Yes. Because you, you have a you have an aptitude for thinking logistically. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're yeah. You're into it. You're into it. And that's what we like. You know. <laughs> the vision. Yes, that, that's it. what. Uh, we were just talking about the vision. Thank you so much, beloved. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. You're all very all welcome. Right. And thank you so much for all this right opportunity. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we look – well, you'll be hearing from us. <laughs> yes, sir. So we got my, my brother out in the north, the great northwest, 
Junior FOI, Brother Kareem, and he and I know he's got a comment on this. Assalamu alaikum and Ramadan Mubarak, Brother Kareem. Alaikum salam, Ramadan Kareem. How are you? Oh, fine, sir. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I was just thinking one day about um something and then I was I was reading a book and it said that um during slavery the slaves had little to no work during the holidays and so I was thinking is that really why we like these holidays so much that make no sense because we get a day off from <laughs> something that we absolutely hate. <laughs> Come on, go ahead, little man. <laughs> when we uh, get our own territory, hmm. we should be able to establish it the way we want to, like America hmm. did when they um, <laughs> fought for the land. They wasn't fighting over Jordans and who's got the best T-shirt and the fact that somebody stepped over my shoe. They was fighting over real problems, and they was fighting over land. Go ahead. Because Mm -hmm. they, as soon as they was like, as soon as explorers found new land, they, they wanted to go and get some of that new land. Come on. Because land is power. And they already knew that. So why don't we? We're stuck working this nine to five job um with very minimum pay and we already know they're not going to treat us as well as the white. But we still try to live with these people. Yes, sir. Um, and one more thing before I go. I just want to say that this is finally time to get rid of our tormentors who have been enslaving us for over for almost 500 years yet we still want to work for them mm-hmm. but why do assalamu alaikum <laughs> Spoken, <laughs> spoken with that advanced intelligence and strength we finally wow. have produced. Mm-hmm. Praise be to Allah. Praise be to Allah. Just pure logic. Five, almost, we are, we're pushing up on 500 years. Oh, my God. Who can accuse us of not putting the time in? 
and giving thorough, thorough consideration. Totally disagreeable to live with. This is our final determination uh, from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who is writing exam. So we're, we're this this show is moving fast. This program. We're going to uh, go to our uh, most famous two callers. First is Sister <laughs> Ula. Yes, I was afraid you couldn't hear me because sometimes my phone goes in and out. But all praise to Allah <laughs> for the young brother. I wanted to share this with him. I read the book by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Minister Farrakhan about the uh, police. He was he uh, he was sent to the black policemen. Uh, did uh, are you aware of that book, sir? Uh, yes, can sir. you hear me? Yes, ma'am. I believe you. Uh, policing the black community. Yes, sir. That book. book. I read that book. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And I, I yes. think every black policeman. I wish I had I could put one in his hand because yeah, it yes, teaches ma'am. about being fair with our people and not being abusive mm. to our people. It touches every aspect, even family life and the stress and them not getting the funds that they should receive and having That's to work right. two jobs as a result right. of not having the and that builds stress. But uh Sister Ava, I just wanted to say this. I have I can thank Allah who came in the person of Master Farah Muhammad from leaving a community where we used to go 30 days without any sugar, you know, no sweets at all. Yes, we would, You know, a group of us would do these kind of things. And as I went my fourth or fifth day without any sweets, I thought about that, and I wanted to share that with the believers because the sugar is a carcinogen, it's a cancer-causing food that I read on a post that Minister Farcon had spoken to someone that worked at Kellogg, the researcher, and stated that. And I'm praying to a lot of all the believers, uh, just let all sugar go, because in a book, and then I'm going to cut it short, in a book by Kevin Trudeau, Natural Cures, he showed where all eight other sugars on the market, there was something wrong with them. So thank you all for letting me share. I pray Allah we get up in the morning and pray for the nation of Islam. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum Excellent, excellent call. Thank you, Sister Ula. And, and in the uh, coming weeks, I, I want to have a discussion about my uh, ebook um, that I uh, released yeah. this past Tuesday um, because part of this, uh, an important critical part of our exodus is coming into alignment with the dietary regimen of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And my book, which is called Life in the New Millennium, How We Will Think and Eat, is uh, now on my uh, webpage, ministerava.com. And also you can watch Tuesday's program on, uh, on ministerava.com. Uh, but the book uh, is based on a, a lecture series 
that I did back in 1998 uh, that in turn is based on a beautiful revelation that we were given uh, from Allah through the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan regarding diet. And it was 22 years ago um, on December 1st of 1998 that the center section of the Final Call newspaper contained a letter from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on Ramadan. And that letter that he wrote was revelatory. And it revealed that it was time now for us to move forward uh, in the evolution of what is contained in our diet. Um, Because as we know, the human body has the capacity to to live in good health for as long as 1,000 years, 1,000 years. And one of the reasons we have so much frustration in our lives is that we really don't live spiritually and intellectually and emotionally beyond the the stage of of a child. Because we're taught that you don't even begin truly learning how to live until you're 75. And so we have also, one reason is so urgent that we go into our own land is so that we can begin to do, which is another thing I love that those sisters talked about, we need to build a world, our homes, everything about our environment should be what suits us. That's right. Not moving into the homes and the areas that white people live in. We're not meant uh, to do that. And so um, the minister uh, in this letter is, is moving us into the vegetarian life, and that particular year uh, where Ramadan was in December at the instructions given by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but also that year the lunar calendar, the Arabic calendar, Ramadan also fell in December. And he said going forward, we would begin to observe uh, Ramadan with the rest of the Islamic world going forward. But we were blessed with the mercy of Allah because he has been weaning us off of the death diet. And so he, didn't, he, he immediately had us toss away the pork which is divinely prohibited. But the Holy Quran and even uh, in how to eat the lit, well, in the Holy Quran, the, when the God revealed that, he permitted the eating of meat. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad 
after Master Father Muhammad came, said, no meat is good for you because what is permitted and what is considered a hereafter food aren't always the same thing. The point is there are things we've been permitted to continue to do as a mercy to us because of what we live under and in. But we're continuing to eat things and take in things that will not permit us to stay on the earth as long as we're capable of being here. That's the point. And along with the the physical food, which critically important, is our thoughts. So we have to not only eat differently, we're going to have to think differently. But we can't even begin to really do that until we eliminate the presence and intrusion of God's enemy in, in and among us. So that book is called um, Life in the New Millennium, How We Were Thinking. Not- and you can get that in the ebook on administrative.com. <laughs> So that sounds like a gonna... lecture for next week. <laughs> Praise be to Allah. It sounds like a good topic for next week. I, I'm just saying, right after Ramadan, keep the spirit going. Keep our diet right <laughs> yes, and our sir. thinking right, right after Ramadan. Yes, sir. And you said it right. We we have to, you know, I loved how the email uh, came on and gave us and also talked to the study group Friday night and came on this program and really laid out the phases of Ramadan and the way he aligned it with the course, self-improvement, the basis for community development, because this whole right. month always allows us that reset button. Because like he said, you know, in that first week, you're really going through self-examination because we eat heedlessly. That's the word he used, which is a Quranic word you see a lot, being heedless. Like, we don't pay attention to what we're doing, okay? And like you said, that first week, you might put your hand in a bowl of potato chips or candy, and then you say, oh, my God, it's Ramadan, okay? Come on. So it, it gives you that ability to stop and think. And so by the time we get where we are now towards the end, we're in the rhythm of it. And the mind is much more clear, um, even though we we do have that little uh, fogginess. And and that's because of really where we live. We, we, We live in an environment that is opposed to what's right. And that's why we, the, the Muslims who follow the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we're the real Muslims, okay? Because when you go over there and visit the Middle East and Africa and stuff, they at least have an environment that is uh, prone and supports Ramadan, supports the daily prayers. We're fighting in the synagogue of Satan. And still at least making a strong effort to practice Islam. So don't think we haven't been shown mercy because of that. But anyway, let me get off the soapbox again. We're running out of time. Let me get to Brother Darrell. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Darrell. Ramadan Mubarak. Well, like a salam. Ramadan Kareem. 
right quick. Uh, it's a blessing to be in the nation of Islam. Everything you, Brother Tim, and our brother is talking about touches right into the Quran, how they can live, and what our sisters them buying the land. They're doing exactly what the messenger said. So by them doing that and we all coming together, we already have land. And like Brother said, and, and I'm so glad that he spoke to Honorable Elijah Muhammad, which I'm listening to the Theology of Time now. And it touches, and matter of fact, it said just what you just said, to say with that. Even when the brother talked about the will, the will ain't going to be up there forever. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad is getting us prepared to separate, to separate so we can get out of the way, like you said, so we can get a shot at the head of this real enemy. <laughs> and once he That's said, right. I cannot wear this mighty crown without no land, so the will ain't going to be up there forever. Faster we move out, the quicker Allah is going to bless us, which he's showing us now through our sisters and brothers. Like you said, whether they register or non-register, they're still in the nation of Islam. Like our brothers, the message just said, bring all of our minds, Christians, Muslims, uh, uh, architects, engineers, uh, firemen, yes, all sir. of that together. Yes, and we build we build this nation yes, with our people. And we won't have to worry about reforming the police. The black police is going to come because they're FOIs anyway. They just have yes, to be sir. retrained from FOI. And once yes, we sir. get that link, we can patrol it ourselves. We don't have to worry about our people coming over there. I mean, worrying about the enemy coming in there, messing with our people because we're on our own land and territory. So the white man won't be able to come there. And when the FYI is out here, like the brother said, a good analogy about what we need to do. Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the minister said, when that time comes, it's coming quick. When we say leave, talking to the white folks, leave. That's so right. we're going to get everything that the brother's talking about. He said, don't take nothing. But if we are now taking a step towards what the sisters in, in the nation of Islam get ready to do, we won't have to ever worry about, look, and then the beauty, and I'm going to get off of it right quick, when the sister said about Uganda, I'm ready to put money in over there. My family, we're ready to put money into where the sisters and them buying land. But what we have to understand, I don't want to be waking up like, and it's going to be up under the teachers regardless, because the message said nobody could go without him being the head. So we won't have to worry about him selling no pork. We won't have to worry about no alcohol. We won't have to worry about, like the sister said, over in Uganda, they could jog at night. We have it all right here in America, too. So uh, I'm fired up. But this thing is beautiful. We get yeah, off on right. and get busy. And, 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 uh, and one more thing, like you said, about they talking about our children getting taken from the family, that won't happen no more either because uh, uh, kill, Hillary, Hillary, talking about bringing out people. No, we don't need you because <laughs> if you're taking our children from us and you're still letting them get killed, and we got our own children with us. We don't have to worry about that. We'll take care of our own. I That's Allah right. Latina. That's right. We finish our Ramadan. I love you all. Stay safe. All right. You too, beloved. You too. Beautiful. Beautiful call. Yes, sir. Okay, we, we have, uh, oh, we got a lot of people here. We have <laughs> Sister Sabrina, who has a comment and a question. Assalamu alaikum, Ramadan Mubarak, Sister Sabrina. Assalamu Sister Ava, Ramadan Kareem. How are you and the family doing this evening? Oh, by the grace of Allah, we're doing fine, beloved. Thank you. 
I'll pray to do two uh, three, um, three things right quick. One, when Sister Pamela was speaking about the policemen and, you know, the laws and what they do to our children, my girlfriend had told me about um, a murder that happened here in um, Hopkins, Mass. And, and, the, and the sister, um, the mother had called. She was 16. The mother called and said that she was missing. But the police didn't do anything about it. And so this has been three weeks ago now, and they found her hanging in a tree. So to make it short, they oh even had God. taken the 911 calls off. And they said she hung herself because people found out that, you know, she was living the homosexual-style life. But that was a lie. Um, secondly, what I took from Tuesday um, when the sister talked about everybody donating um, monies monthly, if you took the 10 million people and we did $9 a month, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I put that suggestion before. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, that would be so wonderful. You know how they take our taxes without asking out of our check? But we would do it cheerfully and willingly every month on the same day. We give $9 or whatever the, the Sister Renee said, um, the amount. Yes, but that infrastructure she talked about, a law won't allow anybody to touch us. And then we take that money and buy gold like the minister is saying because, you know, this paper money is not going to have any value. And then thirdly, Sister Ava, with your books. Would you be, would you, are you thinking about doing audio? We would love to hear you read your books. Oh, bless you. Yes, we are. We've been talking about it on the team. Yes. And I, and I love, I love doing that too. So yeah, that, that, awesome. that's up next. Okay. Oh, great, great. And the brother who was just speaking about, you know, Arkansas and Georgia. Oh, great that you have him join the team. Just hearing us doing what Allah wants us to do and what he's already deemed for us to do. So beautiful. Yes. So thank you for giving me the time and the opportunity to speak. And may Allah continue to bless you in the efforts of you in the team, the nation, and the council. Assalamu alaikum, family. Oh, thank you, Sister Sabrina. Beautiful. You are so beautiful. And you, you know the um, I am so saddened to hear about this young sister, and see th- th- this is exactly what we're talking about, beloved. The, uh, they're plucking us off, one by one, twos and threes. Right. The brother uh, Anthony Brown, the funeral right. uh, service today, that he was oh, being yeah. murdered uh, while. Uh, right after this or during the conviction of That's Calvin. right. See, and, and, and how slaves looked at that conviction as, oh, things might turn around. We, we can't be held hostage by the fear of the slave mind either. You know, Minister Farrakhan has been out here for too long, and we have not done right by him. You know, we have allowed him to be maligned and vilified. And I'm not talking now about the open enemy. I'm talking about the enemy in the black community. And we need to sit them down. And the only way we're going to do that is to move out on what Minister Farrakhan is teaching us. We have witnessed up close and personal, that he 
is not only divinely guided, he is divine. Allah has chosen him to be a mouthpiece for him in real time. He's not a prophet. He's a God. He exerts force and power. Because he alone, nobody else, nobody else, stood up to this enemy even before these vaccines were deployed. Back July 4th, 2020, it was Minister Farrakhan who went toe-to-toe, not with these little poor yahoos that, that are in the woods, but the big Satan. He went the Bill Gates of the world, the Alan Dershowitzes, the Anthony Fauci's. Anthony Fauci's a water boy for big pharma. He went toe-to-toe with them and told them, we will not take your vaccine. It is death. That's right. That's right. And if you try to make us, if you try to force us, it will be a declaration of war on all of us. No ordinary person would do that. And if we obey him and refrain from letting them jab us with this vaccine because I'm telling you you let them put that product that's in that mRNA there's no coming back from that you can't detox from that because this is biotechnology this is a code this is a program that is being implanted in you, and you have no idea. Many of these scientists are saying it'll be a year to 18 months before the effects of this thing truly begin to manifest. The the almost 4,000 people that have died from these vaccines, that's because they had really sensitive systems And the overreaction of the immune system that it creates in anybody that takes it, in them it was fatal. But trust and believe, that was the the tip of the iceberg. The minister said it in July. In December, it was deployed. And by January, it was killing people. So this ain't no profit. When he says something, Allah makes it manifest immediately. That's, That's right. That's right. That's right. And so knowing what happened, how could we not do what he says when he says it, how he says it, and where he says it? That's right. Because these people are trying to make us unacceptable to the God by injecting something in us that will make us other than ourselves. This is something that you would see in a sci-fi movie, but it is real. So real. And people who got vaccinated with that mRNA, they are emitting something. Mm. 
that will render females sterile. And it is the woman, it is the female who are suffering the most adverse effects from this thing. Now they're pulling out the needle and they're going after the 12 to 16-year-olds. And in the fall, it's going to be the baby. And as far as we know, they could be doing it now. That's right. That's right. This is why we can't let our infants be seen or touched by them. You're better off having your baby in your backyard. Our grandmothers, great-grandmothers, ancestors were out picking cotton the day of the baby's birth, had the baby, and kept on picking cotton. This is the type of survival strength. And the minister said it uh, when he spoke to the uh, Black Leadership Conference. He said, we are in survival mode because we are under attack. Because if we don't survive this, then everything is pointless. So, beloved, we have to survive. That's right. And and I didn't mean to run my mouth that long, but I got somebody got and that's, that's, But that's what it is, Dr. <laughs> Ava. We have to stop, you know, we have to survive, but we should go from surviving to thriving. And that's what this whole conversation yeah. is about. We have been surviving yeah. too long. Now it's time for us to thrive. That's why you read about Abraham seed that God will come, not for us to just be surviving anymore, for us to thrive and leave with great substance. That's what you're talking about. Oh, praise be to Allah. And that substance is land. There it is. He said reparations is land. And that's the other thing. We're not in a position to demand anything until we are an us. See, we have to raise the flag. We don't pay reparations by sending checks to individuals in Japan. You know, they paid Japan reparations. They paid Germany reparations. These are nations they went to war with. Right. We ain't never been to war with them. We fought for them. But they can't even bring themselves to apologize to us. So at this time, it's with great regret <laughs> that I have to uh, begin closing us out because I have so many people to thank, starting with our beloved listeners who make Elevated Places the place to be. But my co-host, Brother Terrence Muhammad, our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, legal contributor, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad, our two beautiful young brothers who are the example of family men at a young age, Brother Cartier Muhammad, who is, who is also in law enforcement. We need FOI in law enforcement to resurrect it and make it what it should be. Our brother Michael J. H. Muhammad, who's a a minister, star minister in the making, and we thank them for helping make uh, Tuesday night successful. So, beloved, uh, this is our last program uh, before the end of Ramadan, and we love you, and we pray that Allah... 
um, will make this a beautiful evening and a beautiful Ramadan. Of course, uh, Tuesday will be the 88th anniversary of the birth of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We thank Allah for every member. May Allah bless all of us with love and the light of understanding. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Kareem.